Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here at Soonerscoop.com. The entire crew joins us, Eddie, Josh. Boy, I put Eddie before Josh. You've just uh, surpassed everybody, Eddie. You're the... Influencer of uh, Sooner Scoop now. Uh, Josh, Eddie, Bob is with us. Uh, Of course you think that. Uh, I am Carrie Murdoch. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, we still... Why the f***? I'll just throw the first F-bomb out there. Did we wait to do our... There goes our rating. To do our pod last week when we still have nothing to say. In hindsight, yes. This is ridiculous. Yes. Still no quarterback decisions, although... Uh, I have to say, the Wisconsin smoke yesterday was delicious with Caleb Williams. I, I, I might be the biggest Wisconsin fan in the state of Oklahoma right now. You might just go I get mean, a degree from there just to do it now. I almost DM Big Cat yesterday like, hey, whatever <laughs> we need to do, let's get this kid to Wisconsin. Let's get him to Madison. Can Sooner Scoop run an NIL program for Caleb Williams while he's at Wisconsin in Norman? <laughs> I'm sure Carl would like that, wouldn't he? Carl, DM me. Let's talk. <laughs> wouldn't that be because that be no the one most else? Hilarious no term? one else from your camp has ever DM'd me back. So you know what? <laughs> Why not now when you're no longer at OU? When it's useful. You think Barry Alvarez would like putting up with Carl Williams? I, that just like just dawned on me. Barry Alvarez <laughs> will ne- Alvarez will never ever talk to either one of those. I guarantee. You. Yep. <laughs> Ever. It's crazy, man. I like I it, when I first saw the Wisconsin stuff yesterday, I initially eye rolled it. But then like when you throw in the Bobby Ingram uh, angle to all of it, I kind of go, hmm, OK, like I could see that. Is it the dads too, or is it just the sons? Because I know, you know, it's Dean and Caleb, but mm-hmm. it, Carl and Bobby really tight too i don't know if they're as tight as much as like is it true that bobby ingram went to gonzaga prep as well uh being from the baltimore area it would check the box as far as wanting a guy that could give him quote-unquote nfl tutelage uh i don't know maybe i'm just i'm i'm still probably in the camp of i gotta see it to believe it but boy that would be interesting and then when on three put out the uh, report yesterday i go i guess it Gave it a little bit more credence that maybe that could be a possibility. All I know is this is much more fun to watch from afar, knowing that it's I doesn't guess, affect very, you. very, very unlikely that it's ever going to affect me. Yep. Um, I, I will throw this out there. 
I had heard that uh, even as early as this week, uh, maybe the line of communication was tried to be reopened with Oklahoma. And I, I think Oklahoma is more than ready to uh, move forward with Dylan Gabriel as their quarterback. I I mean, the whole thing is just, it's, I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, like, I don't either. I was, I was trying, I never did it, but I almost went on the board like a week ago and just told people, Hey, let's, let's just cut out the Jackson dart anger. It's like too early for that. I'm glad I didn't now. I'm glad that that anger is out there. Cause it's just, now I can say it's deserved to take this long to make a decision. It's just ridiculous for anybody. I guess I could understand like the Jackson Dart angle though. Like if he if that bridge isn't burned at Los Angeles and Caleb doesn't end up back there, mm-hmm. if you're Jackson Dart, do you go back to Los Angeles? Like, I mean, of course I don't want that to happen because I want that quarter room to be barren, but uh it would be interesting. Like, what would be the best situation uh for Jackson Dart? I can't tell you guys this, and I know that Josh, you put up some stuff in the woke Oklahoma this morning. Uh I'm kind of under the impression that Oklahoma wouldn't say no to Jackson Dart, obviously, but uh, it seems like everybody's kind of moving forward as if that's not going to happen with Oklahoma and Jackson Dart. That and it feels kind of on brand for me, guys. Like kind of like what we talked. You know, Eddie mentioned the the rumors of Caleb Williams reaching back out, or you know, somebody from the Williams you know camp. It feels very much like. Guys, we want to make a statement. This is about football. Like, we want guys that want to be here, that want to be part of this program, and kind of pushing that. Now, certainly, like you said, I think if Jackson Dart wants to come, cool. They'll, they'll, they'll make that work. But I think they want to make it clear that, like, your focus should be about this. You know, it should be on this thing, which feels very like, like we keep saying, everything that Brent Venables has brought up so far seems to be enacted, seems to be followed in action, not just like, oh, we're going to say this and then do something else. Like That's not really how it's played. I, I think the one exception might be the, you know, we want to, you know, we're not going to get crazy with offers, and obviously they've done a lot of that already. But that's, I, I think in, when you start, that's kind of normal. Now, once they're set up, we'll see how it goes. But I, I do. I, I think this is um, this is what they're about. They, they want guys that are in there with Schmidt, doing the work, doing the stuff they need to do, and getting ready for the season rather than guys that are, I mean, guys, at this point, what is anybody, what new information is anyone taking in? Like, what, what, what does, if it, if it's, re, unless something, unless there's something out of left field, what does Jackson Dart not know about USC, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and BYU that he's going to learn sure. in the next day or two? Like, well, it, what, it's there. It's, it's time to do with, it. With, USC is the transfer portal. Yeah. You've got Brennan yep. Rice. You've got Mario Williams. You got Travis Dye. Got a whole lot of pieces that weren't there when Dart was there just a month ago. So I can understand a little bit if he's waiting for Caleb because now he sees the pieces for the Trojans compared to what he had when he was there last season. And you got to How is Mario Williams? I guess in a way, too, that like with the, you know, the, with the uh, Jackson Dart stuff, it just, I don't know. It, it, it seems like all the questions that everybody has are the same questions that we have. Like why, why has this taken so long? Sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, no. I was just wondering what is Mario Williams thinking about all this? Cause I mean, 
he he made it clear he wants to play with Caleb Williams, and mm-hmm. you think picked USC based on that belief. How many people and, is Caleb Williams going to leave before this is all said and done? He will have left Lincoln Riley twice. He will have left Mario Williams twice. He's already left Marvin Mims and everybody else once. Doesn't it kind of seem like he's looking for reasons not to go to USC? Like I, yes. I fully believe that they're, they're, that line of communication, and I put this on the board, it's like we had continually been told throughout the early portion of this process that USC wasn't really an option. Like he didn't want to end up there. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we're kind of looking at it through a lens of, uh, I guess it's jaded a little bit in that it seems like he kind of overplayed his hand a little bit. I don't know. I look don't at know it. That look would at be it. The best way to say look it. Look at it from a football perspective, though. Wisconsin is not they a suck. bad team. They're no. they're a decent team. If he were the quarterback to put them over the top and win the Big Ten, sure. that sure. would raise his profile immensely. It's a good. Wisconsin it would is, be a good. Carl, I hope you're listening. It would be a great football decision. More as, as much as a NIL decision. Yeah, fuck you, Carl. I hope you are listening. It's <laughs> Minnesota. It's Iowa. Like that's the weak division. Yeah, yeah Wisconsin win, is light years ahead of, of what USC is going to be in 2022. Absolutely. But you're right. Like the idea of the USC stuff, and then you kind of get into like the Jackson Dart stuff and the Michael Trigg. Are they connected as well? Because they've been on record and saying that they want to play together. I don't think that any of us think that Michael, uh, that that Trigg would end up at BYU. So it seems like they almost have to end up at Old Miss if it's not Oklahoma. I don't. The whole thing's fascinating, and it seems like maybe I maybe they're close. It's all closer connected than I originally thought. As far as is Dart waiting on Caleb Williams to make a decision? I, I really don't. Now, I want to go back to something that you said, Josh. You you mentioned Oklahoma uh, making it clear that this is about football. What indications have you gotten that Dart is making a decision that's not football-based? No, I, I mean more of, like I said, w- w- what are you waiting on? Like, if it's going to be Oklahoma or Ole Miss, okay, fine. Bob said USC. Okay, maybe it's USC, but with what apparently Gabe Eichert heard from some people around Dart, how do you go back to USC? Like, how do you trust any? I mean, that's the thing with both these quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley has burned both of them. Yeah. How can they really go back to him and be like, yeah, I can trust what he says? Like, I, I, that, I, I mean, I guess that's a big deal for me. I mean, everybody's going to have their own personal things, but if I can't trust you, I have no interest in being around you, much less staking my future on you. You know, it's interesting to me, the, I, would it be collateral damage? I don't know if that's the right wording, but like just all the moves that Lincoln made in the move, and we've kind of rehashed this before, but I, I think he kind of underestimated how much of a bad guy he was going to and maybe or am I looking at it through OU color glasses too that like did he underestimate how bad he looked in this entire move not just to the Oklahoma fan base which is obvious but to prospective recruits and to people that well, families mainly to yeah to, yeah like yep. but like the 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 dart situation did he underestimate that as well 
in knowing that he was going to piss these people off and trying to bring Caleb Williams in? Or is it kind of one of those cutthroat things that just doesn't really care? Like if, if he would flip his narrative from like family, like all that we heard in Norman and just said for your best opportunity to get to the next level. Sure. Like if he just reinvented himself in that way. The problem okay, is if, the problem is Lincoln pulled the rug under from out under his own credibility with the, what he did. So for him to say, you know, for him to go to Jackson Darton's family and say, look, we want we're about competition here. We're about. Uh, the best players playing, and if your son is that guy, he has nothing to worry about. Like, it's hard to have a hard and fast set of rules when you yourself don't really seem to have a code that you live by. Which, you know, his code seems to be, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Sure. There's no foundation. That's why I said sort of embrace, not not being the bad guy, but just to, like, get away from the family thing that you were trying to portray, do another direction and then see if that takes off. Cause you're going to be negative, go negatively recruited with the family. mind like mantra the, the rest of the time. Now it is weird that I just saw a guy, uh, Joshisa Jojo trader tweet out. He got an offer from OU with a Mario Williams picture in it. <laughs> there's a lot of these you know I love seen those. Spencer Rattler you, there's so many you've seen Buki use like, Buki 100% of the time come on I, I, I with what we're talking about man from Brent Venables. that was really fast I was no, I was like oh when, I must have missed that yesterday it was like 27 seconds ago holy crap um, but yeah you know I, I think with you've got to go LeBron just turn heel like just embrace mm-hmm. What you are, quit trying to rewrite the narrative because you're not, you're never going to outrun it. it. It's there. So just, just be that and like you're, you're going to spend so much less time swimming upstream about it. Recruiting families might be hard, but I don't know. But he should. He, he can't act like he, who he was in Norman is who he is now because we all know that's not true. Well, now I mean, two, guys, two faced scumbag that lives in Hollywood. What th- think about what what Lincoln had the most success with? It was never about recruiting families. Like he may have said that crap on Twitter, but families aren't like, boy, I love a Ferrari. Like that's <laughs> not like like the big pitches were always very flashy. Now, remember and we, we had the remember we were uh, we were going over that and how all the dads were surrounding the Raptor, the truck. Like yeah. the kids were like all around the Bentley, and the dads were like, look at this truck. That truck's a bad boy. You could tow something with that, you know. Like I mean, that that kind of, like it's just a different mentality. And so I, like you know, I was uh, actually just on a little while ago with our guy Plank talking about kind of how the the two recruiting styles are so different, and that's what it is. Like Brent is going to connect with family. He's going to you know like mo- like I, I was talking about it and with, high school um, coaches, by the way. Yeah, with, with, with somebody you know like. What is what is OU's strength going to be? And I'm like, it's going to be in-home visits. OU needs to get in-home where Brent Venables and Todd Bates and all these guys are sitting there talking with these players and really building that trust with mom and dad and the coaching staff and really, you know, whoever the decision makers are in that family group, they're going to hit that out of the park. That's going to be a freaking home run. Lincoln, you wonder a little bit if this is why, you know, and – I don't know that it was always fair, but it's definitely been a pattern 
of the last couple of classes where Oklahoma struggled to close at times. And you wonder if there is some connection to that where, you know, a guy like Tristan Lee picks Dabo and picks a guy, you know, kind of like what I'm talking about. It's going to win mom, going to win dad. You wonder if some parents kind of looked at Lincoln Riley and said, mm, you know, maybe, maybe they saw what we all now see because they had to sit there in that room with him and watch him sell something that I, I think we've all gathered is not what, not what his home base is. That's not what he is to sell. He just kind of made the family thing. But is there anybody around that program that's talked about like, yeah, you know, it really felt like a family when Lincoln Riley was around. There is one thing that does that sell, Brent, does that sell better in Los Angeles? Probably. I think, I think it's probably more at home. I mean, but that's not what Lincoln needs. I mean, he doesn't need to have more individuals on his team that sure. are focused on themselves. But, I think that's been. But proven. That's the question. Does he know that? Does he? Get yeah, that's that? a good question. <laughs> I will say it's not. Uh, I, I already miss having the number one quarterback in the recruiting class every year. Yeah, that was nice for I, us. And uh, you know, and if if we want to get into that, we can. But I mean. I think people are really undervaluing Jackson Arnold, and you look at the rankings, and I don't. That's you know, what we always a... do. I, somebody like Gabe was mm-hmm. asking me the other day, like, uh, "Does this guy move the needle?" And I said, "It doesn't matter if a quarterback is a five star or four star, because the fans and us will just say, well, he's a four star, but he sure looks like a five star.' Like, you know, <laughs> we always say, like, sure. yeah, he's just not his rating just hasn't caught up with his talent yet, like." That's than that's always the narrative. Like it always it always has been. But the quarterbacks that all, that- they always move the needle. They always do. It I'm just saying it was nice when you had the guy with the five star with the number one next to his name. Yeah, you didn't I have to worry take- about like buying in. No. You know, people were just in. Yeah. I will I will take the number one quarterback in the state of Texas every time over the number one quarterback from one of the coasts. Especially at Oklahoma. It, I will say, and what's worth noting, is that Jackson Arnold on ESPN, number 42 overall. Jackson Arnold on 24-7, number 47 overall. We have him lower than I believe anybody else. I think on three, it's hard to you. gauge theirs. Like, it's a little lower. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to push. I'm just saying there are people that really think he's, I mean, you're talking top 40 at this point. That's a possible five-star down the road. Uh, Cade Klubnick, who who just ended as everybody's five star this time last year, I think was probably in the in the hundreds. Maybe I'd have to yep, go back and actually look at it to be sure. But he was not the perennial, you know, uh, five star. And to, to Gary's point, we're not going to be able to sell. Hey, everybody, come subscribe because Jackson Arnold just moved up to where we felt he should have been at the start. But at the same time, I mean, he he is, you know, he can yeah, still he, be a this bell time cow last year, for he the was class. He can still be a bell cow for the class. He can still get other guys mm-hmm. to come with him. I mean, all that stuff mm-hmm. is still out there, and yeah. that's what a quarterback does. And it I, is nice to I, have a guy this early committed, which you would rather have that than not, regardless if he's the number one guy or not. No yep. doubt. And I, I just love the fact that he comes from a program like Denton Geyer that, uh, you know, when Very you can bring to get to guys their games. in, they are going to be prepared from a mental aspect of being able to, uh, you know, I, I guess take on what is being tasked of the Oklahoma quarterback. And I just, 
I kind of like that mental makeup. And I, I like the idea that he's already played big-time football as a junior down at Denton Geyer. I mean, led him to the state championship. So uh, I kind of love it. And, and not to mention the fact that, you know, 2023 in the DFW area – uh, is going to be a major player for, I believe, what Oklahoma wants to do. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how it all kind of comes together. But over the last, you know, couple first couple months of the, the Brent Venables era, I was talking to somebody about this uh, yesterday. It seems like, from a recruiting aspect, they are trying more than ever. They are out and about more than ever. And, you know, I, I think that a little bit of that probably has to do by way of, having a little bit more money to play around with just as far as the travel expense. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that they get it at least that they need to get this region of the world locked down before they make the move into the SEC. I, and we'll go ahead. We'll Bob. get a feel of uh, Jackson Arnold with junior day this weekend and his personality and how, how much does it, his enthusiasm, passion, does it carry over? with other top recruits. This will be the first time he's in Norman as a commit and trying to be the face of the class. And we'll just see how he connects and, and what his personality is going to be like and how does it attract other top kids to come with him. I do have one major bone to pick with Brent Venables on the Brent Venables era. And it started, remember the OU coaches were at the coaches convention and uh, there was a picture of all the coaches standing up there. And Eddie sent us a picture, and he said, who is this? And it was just a guy standing in the middle. And I said, I think that's our lawyer. And you're like, what? I said, yeah, I think that's our lawyer. <laughs> uh, and then I noticed on his Twitter page, which I wasn't following him, and it said special assistant to the head coach. And now I cannot get our lawyer to respond to my text because he works for Brent. I think he's scared. Like he doesn't know if he can talk to me and compliance and all this stuff. Like I cannot get our own lawyer to respond to my text now. Like the guy that is helping us build NIL, like he's not directly helping us. Like other people in the office are doing it, but would he just respond to some texts every once in a while? Like I knew when, like he's very good friends with Brent. Like always has been. Like they're best. I'll tell him best at friends. lunch. We're supposed to get a lunch tomorrow. Okay. So, uh, so like like the whole time Brent was being, I he never responded to my text, and I I I was like, is Brent the guy? Is Brent the? He never responded, and I understood it. Like he's not going to tell me anything, but I got to try. Uh, it's what it's the way it always is. But Brent, you took my lawyer away from me. I'm really pissed at you. So there. <laughs> I. I'm just going to say I Bob Eddie you're always you wondered why that contract. was our I'm sorry to say we don't have a lawyer anymore. <laughs> I, I always wonder why that was our lawyer but now I know you were using him for Oh I got a whole lot out road. of it. Yeah. Smart play. I got a whole yeah, lot out savvy. of it. Hiring Brent's best friend to be our lawyer. He got a lot of information out of that. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, there was a, by the way, a I'm sure when, uh, we're the coaching search. It was like, well, he hasn't said no. So maybe that means <laughs> we are wide open now to Oklahoma coming after us again, though, Josh, that's a problem. Oh no, we have, we've <laughs> lost our legal shielding. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> yeah. We got to, we got to cease and desist one. from the people who own Oklahoma. Her and her 37 followers are going to be pissed. Today. It was good for her Instagram feed, I bet. 
That that we should have checked. Like maybe she sent that out. Like after we responded, you got a whole new set of problems now. Thanks, Woody. Appreciate that. Left yep. us wide open. Great, great. Uh, thanks, Brent. Brent's done this. It's on you, Brent. You knew what you were doing, Brent. You opened us up, cut us up from the inside. So uh, anyway, back to quarterbacks, uh, junior day, all that stuff. I mean. We got to hit on that a little bit because, uh, as you guys said, there, there's a lot that you want to know, you want to find out. Uh, but, I, I I mean, is this kind of going back to the old way of doing things? I mean, it seemed like junior days became less of a, a deal under Lincoln. Am I wrong in saying that? I, I they were like definitely more infrequent. He in, he'd get them in. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't so much of just I, it, one it, big day. Yeah. It was like four really, I mean, the, weekends of multiple guys. Yep. It, it was, it wasn't the um, big weekend orchestration kind of thing. Like, hey, you know, we're going to be here. We'll be ready. This, because there would always be, oh, I thought he was coming in this weekend. Oh, nope. He shifted to that weekend. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that, that that's going to happen to Brent and anybody else. He's, these are high school kids. They move around like crazy. But the there wasn't the concerted effort other than the barbecue. That was the one time when it was like, this is the date. This is this is how it's going to be. We're going to push forward with this guy. So, um, but, you know, like, God, wow. Guys, you know, we've talked, and sorry to get off trail here just a little bit. Um, Florida just announced a new hire. Uh a reporter I follow says this is the 48th hire by Billy Napier for the Gators football staff. That, you know, we've talked on this pod 48. for a long time and especially, yeah, and especially of, you know, over the last few weeks when we've, you know, we're seeing and hearing about more new hires coming and all this stuff. This is what OU's dealing with. They're going against people that have 50 people in their athletic or not in their athletic department, in their damn football offices. That, like, you can't compete with that with 10 guys, a couple of interns, and a few support staff guys. Like, you got to fight fire with fire, and that's what it looks like Oklahoma is doing now. But people kind of wonder, like, why is this guy coming in? It's this, because you've got to fight these massive staffs that are so, I I mean, frankly, overstaffed in in a lot of ways, but you don't want to be, you know, left without a bullet in the chamber, I guess, so... Just or as an example, yeah, with. Uh, one of the positions that was announced, and I think this was last week, but they hired a guy named Chris Couch. His title <laughs> at Florida is Game Changer Coordinator. <laughs> what that means, I have no idea. This new one is Does that uh, mean Mike it Richard. can change the game in a good and a bad way? Like he comes in and just f- shit up intentionally? Like if they go out and lose, I think he's the one that goes and takes all the brunt of the, the brunt of the storm from the fans. Kids are getting cocky. We're going to put a shit show out there for a little while. Just, he, he has, if he has a, that should be a rule. If you have a terrible game as a coordinator, you have to host your own Twitter space after the game. That could be the new thing. 40, what? So what? What is? I know that Oklahoma just posted like an updated. I guess coaching staff thing. What would their number technically be at? I can go back and look and see real quick and see what OU would be at. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll get a number real quick. 
I mean, if I was going to guess, I mean, and obviously you include the, the, the 10 on staff. Yeah, Cooper, but, John Cooper. Yeah. You have your Cooper, strength and conditioning people. Nunez. You have your nutrition people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'd guess oh, they're probably have, low to mid-20s. 10 on-field plus the 20 that are listed below as support staff. Uh, that would okay. put OU at about 31. They don't have somebody like a John Cooper added yet, so we'll give them 32, okay. 33, something like that. So, I mean, 15 okay. people is a lot of people. Yep. You're playing ball. I mean, I mean, but at least, God, guys, it felt like for a while. Now, I think some of it, too, is Oklahoma has always been, like, Georgia has that list, you know, that we all saw a few weeks ago of the 50 guys under Kirby Smart. Like, Oklahoma's just pretty much been, here's our 10 on-field guys, here's our nutritionist, here's our S&C head guy, and then no real mention of anybody else. Like, so I think there's always been a little more than you were led to believe, but I don't, I mean, 30 and growing is is clearly bigger than any time I can remember. Yeah, and I mean, and then they hired Annie Hansen to replace Annie Hansen. Don't 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 you don't you shame Lee? I'm just Lee saying. I'm just saying that he doesn't deserve that. No, she probably doesn't. You need to retract that statement. I can't. I, can't, I mean, I said it. They just look I, similar. I mean, I I I, I think I speak for Eddie, blown. Bob, and myself. We we all disavow Carrie's comment there. That is that is unfair and disavow. incorrect. That's fine. I'm just upset because <laughs> Nate Erdman followed you, and you hate basketball. Oh, and he's you are my pissy hero. about that. <laughs> I love Nate Erdman. Uh, I used to. Nate Erdman gave all of the boys of our generation hope that we could actually be basketball players. Well, it didn't stick with you. It did not. Oh, I love playing basketball. It's terrible at it. Terrible, terrible. What's his handle? Let's see. Let's, let's get let's get some followers for old Nate Erdman. Um, is it N L E O U N L E N L E O U twenty two? Damn it, he doesn't follow me. Oh, that's savage! I'm gonna follow him back. You know, I let him. He, he came to me. I, I was already do the following right him. So him screw back. you. <laughs> <laughs> he do, he also follows Sooner Scoop, work, so right? you know. <laughs> Oh, and he follows Stoops follow. Bros, follow. too. Oh, Carrie, you're just getting dunked on right now. If you would have told the young Eddie Radosevich that Nate Erdman and Ryan Miner would both follow him on Twitter one day, I might have just quit. I might have I retired at life. I think Ryan, Ryan Miner does follow me because I stood in the bathroom line with him at Brothers back in the day. Me. Damon and Ryan. Ryan Miner does not follow me. I, I am I am over the moon. I, I'm followed by J.R. Conrad. I mean, come on, talk about on brand for me. Son Although of a you often Ryan Wyman. Miner doesn't follow me either. God, I'm just he getting dunked on me. all <laughs> over the place. Me. Uh and Eddie, my big one, Javi Flores. When Javi Flores followed me, I was like, that's amazing. I was so jacked about mm-hmm. that one. Guess that what? Is, that Guess was what? My okay, hold on. Up. I got one more to check here. You've seen the picture Son of Son of a bitch. Conrad, Damon Miner doesn't fire me Josh. either. Follow me either. <laughs> I'm just. I think we should just. Damon Miner doesn't like, oh, follow yeah. me yet. Oh my God! I, I'm just gonna say this to all you Miner brothers, to Nate Erdman. I control all the U40 hats, and you're getting none of them. <laughs> Even if you try and buy one, I will not ship one to you. He's Sons of bitches. 
I control the merch, and you're getting none of it. Seinfeld, you're the hat Nazi. No hats for you. No (laughs) visors for you. If you want the high crown visor, screw you. They're hard enough to get as it is. You're not getting. You're not jumping the line on anybody now. I are you just cutting off like all. All any any orders to Hammond are just not going through. Like you, you're Don't like get, no, yeah, this, you're, this could end up in the wrong. Family's hand. not going to be getting anything. <laughs> That's no. a made up name. I'm not, I'm not sending it there. <laughs> in fact, I think Ryan Major and Hammond. We know who you are. <laughs> Bob has a friend named Ryan who ordered a hat. I might cancel that order just because he's named Ryan. <laughs> oh Lord. Keep your money. Never Sorry, be too, too sure. Blame it on the post office. Blame I bet people email. coming into this into this were like, there's going to be Ryan Miner and Nate Erdman conversation. It's, it's going to get heated, too. That's because the quarterbacks haven't decided. Nate for follow. I'm worthless the rest of the podcast now. I'm just <laughs> beside myself. Carries out. I'm I mean, hurt. I, I, I can probably tell him to follow you if you want me to. I don't need your condescension, all right? I don't need your pity. I know what you're doing, and I don't appreciate it. That bonus just got smaller this month, too. Oh, that's amazing. I may not have any power anymore, but the power I have, I'm wielding. Everybody out Junior there, day. you know, let's, let's get back st- on track. Junior day, yeah. Junior day, or the right. visitor from last weekend. Yeah, because that was a big. It, yeah. was, it was a massive weekend in Norman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good place to start. Um, you know, we we, we talked uh, about all of them coming in. I the the two that I had kind of earmarked as guys that I thought might could pull the trigger over the weekend were Jamari and Burt the. Uh, corner from Ocala, Florida, Forest High School. Big, long guy. Really, like I said, I said last week, like him a lot. Really think he brings some interesting things. Kind of reminds me of some of the guys we saw in years past, even under Brent, that they would identify kind of late in, in recruiting and found him and just kind of had a lot of talent. You know, and I, I hate to, I don't want to say he reminds me of him as a player, but kind of, you know, being a Florida guy, kind of a late riser. There's some Gary Simon in there for me, some some reminders of that, a guy that, you know, the hardcore recruiting guys are going to remember, a guy that I just loved coming out of high school and just never really panned out at OU, but uh, extremely talented guy. Burt, um, kind of to, you know, uh, again, kind of a, a hit on Kerry here, had some relationship with Lee Davis when she was at Florida. Uh, I think that helped OU a little bit here, kind of get their foot in the door and, and kind of helped um, just make him a little more comfortable and then, obviously, Oklahoma and all their ties and recruiting Florida right now, uh, I, I'm told the visit went extremely well. I, I think it's going to come down to if he visits Missouri this weekend, which I, I, at this point in the week, the fact that uh, you haven't seen any announcement from him or anything, I, I'm kind of guessing he will take that trip. And we'll see because what Missouri's draw at the moment seems to be the possibility of recruiting his brother, who is uh, in the transfer portal, a guy out of West Georgia, uh, West Georgia University, and we'll see what comes of that. I, you know, I, I don't know what Missouri can do there. I don't know if they, you know, they take his brother so they can try to get Bert or what the situation is going to be. But leaving Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma felt really, really good about Jamari and Bert. 
Uh, the other guy that I was kind of high on was R. Mason Thomas. Um, from what I can tell, nothing earth-shattering happened over the weekend. You know, visit went very well. Same with his, uh, his teammate, Ahmad Moten. I think both of those went like you wanted them to. I think both are going to come down to OU and Miami. Uh, they're both going to visit Miami this weekend. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's Mario Cristobal. It's Miami. Uh, they're, they're, you know, hometown kids. You just don't know. I, I, I would bet on OU for both of them, but we'll see, you know, where that goes, where that plays out. Um, uh, I guess the last one is Grayson Halton, the, the big defensive lineman from San Diego. I was told that visit went incredibly well. I talked to Grayson a little bit. Um, one one of the telling things is he was supposed to visit Miami this coming weekend, and I was told that by um, a couple of coaching staffs involved in his recruitment. Grayson doesn't talk much, but I've talked to a few people that, that are familiar with what's going on with him, and the expectation was he was going to visit OU last weekend, Miami this weekend, and then make his decision. Now, both of those staffs thought it was going to be Miami. They thought that connection to Cristobal and the guys from Oregon that followed him down there was going to be too much to overcome. I don't think he's taken that Miami visit anymore. In fact, I've talked to our Miami site. They don't expect him down there. And now I, when I, I think it was kind of telling because when I talked to Halton, he goes, I don't really want to say much until signing day. And I was like, okay. That feels like a pretty big shining light on what may be happening here. But um, I, I think Oklahoma's in really good shape with Grayson Halton. And uh, interesting guy, you know, 6'2 and a half, about 265. We'll kind of get a feel for what Brent's going to do up front with a player like him. Is he going to be a defensive end in this scheme? Is he going to be a three-tech? You know, we'll, we'll see. I My gut tells me he'll play defensive end. That That's kind of where I see him uh, – you know, gravitating toward, and I mean, let's be honest, it's got to be a little fun for Oklahoma to go into Southern California and land a four-star guy, um, you know, kind of right under the nose of Lincoln Riley and company. So there, there's some good things, and, I, you know, obviously we can cover the Gentry Williams stuff. I know Bob has some to add into that. But, though, you know, the four uncommitted guys, I think Oklahoma hit it out of the park, and it wouldn't shock me if they landed all four. Well, Josh, we did this with the transfer portal with all those guys in the secondary. Can they take them all? Now, Kevontae Henry, Moten, Thomas, Halton, would they take all, all four of them? I think they would. And, I, guys, what is interesting to me is I, I don't know. I, OU's not going to run anybody off. Like I, I don't want to put it like that. But there are going to be some guys that see all these guys coming in. They see new ideas. They see the change in strength and conditioning. They see the change in what they're going to do up front. There's, there's going to be some guys that, that like, I don't fit this. This, this isn't best made for me. And they're going to go. So right now, I don't think you see, you're like, well, I don't see any spots that are available. I think you'll see some open up. I, I just do. And I think Oklahoma is going to remain active in the portal. Come the spring, when there's some guys at various schools that are going to, you know, get back out in there. I think people keep confusing the portal like, oh, it's just over in January. No, much to the joy of Bob, Eddie, Carey, and myself, the portal will never, ever end. It never dies. So there's going to be some activity there. Like, I, I would expect in May and would. June, that so kind of going to be something. Yep. So I, I think, um, yeah, so, and I guess I missed this 
a couple of, wow, from a couple of days ago from Grayson Holton. I hadn't seen it. Apparently, he's going to announce on Instagram Live. Um, no, 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 no. No, check is the that date. For, no, Grayson that's from a year Holt. ago. Good Lord. Okay, yep. yep got check tricked by date. that. Uh, that's become a thing lately. That's, that. that's become a thing lately. Oh, yeah. People are retweeting old commitment announcements. It's not cool, and it just made it on the air. Stoops bros. You're you're in trouble, but I guess with the portal thread we can we can let that slide. By the way, I am um, I am also here for all parents that want to continue screenshotting their their conversations with their kids about Schmitty workouts. <laughs> the rain, yes. the Hicks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Mrs. That Ray, has Mr. Been a Hicks. Home run. Please keep doing that. That's fantastic yeah. stuff. I if not only to shame your child, but just for the laughs we want to get from all of it. So uh all all of that is great. But Guys, is it – I mean, because obviously they wouldn't say that stuff if the kids weren't okay with it. Is it a little staggering to you how comfortable so many players are just being like, you know, it was kind of bullshit. bullshit what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, oh. It's full yep. shade. Yeah. It, there is no doubt about it. It is full shade. I am here for it. If Kelvin Hicks wants to do a daily vlog on com about, like, his interactions <laughs> – uh, with Marcus, I'm more than happy to give him that platform because I thought some of that stuff was, uh, I it was laugh out loud funny. Some of it. I think we just had a momentous uh, moment on Sooner Scoop uh, in the unofficial Forty Pockets. Eddie Radosevich is actively pursuing content for the site. I've been trying to get you to do this for years. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Would you I'll have my are, contact are you going for a new title? Like uh-huh. director of content? Uh sure. Because let's be honest, the the staff writer thing is a little you know, videographer yeah, staff we, writer. That's a little uh I don't know if I believe that. God, for Eddie at this point, I feel like it's it's videographer and never-ending front-page loader. Like it's yes. become Eddie's job, and I hate that. That's the reality. Uh, he's like, he'll he'll message me like, "Hey, you want to put this up on the front page?" I'm like, "Yep." He's and I am do literally something. His camera's kind of broken right from now. My house. Oh the the oh I didn't know the camera was down. Camera down? It's not. And now we're good. We got a new one though. Or is this is this Carrie being video diva? Like it's got to be perfect. Is that what's happening? Here? Absolutely, hundred percent. But that's somewhere, <laughs> everyone knows that. Somewhere There's no, that's yeah, that's no secret that I'm a Nazi when it comes to video quality. Yes, yes. In fact, it's so well known that our video host is trying to fleece us right now. Wow, we're that ready to go to war. I mean, Fauci we. Fauci that does anything. I heard Fauci, and I don't <laughs> want to know what else it was. <laughs> So it had more to do with Fauci than anything. So, uh, yeah, we are. If if Kelvin Hicks, Eddie's in charge of that. Kelvin, reach out and uh, that recruitment. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you some. We'll get you a YouTube channel or something. Whatever you want. And and Carrie yeah. will send you unofficial forty merch. Yes, unlike the minor bastards. <laughs> and Nate Erdman, you are dead to me. Uh, I mean, look, that could not have gone much better. Um, it sounds like in terms of the visits, uh, I do want to say, uh, it's, it's pay the bills time. I want to get dead socks in here so I don't have to do it after. Uh, but, uh, want to remind you guys that they've got the, 
the the three different packages on deadsoxy.com if you want to get the Oklahoma uh, editions of their stuff, which is really, really good stuff. We've all got their socks. I think, Bob, do you have their socks? Do they ever send you anything? I, I do indeed. Oh, okay. Well, good. I was worried well, that... I like them a lot. So you've never you never told me that. So uh, did you get you've got like the the did you get some no shows or do you just have the the boardroom? The boardroom. Okay. Well, you don't you don't need the no shows right now because it's too damn cold out right now. Uh, but as I said last week, like to me, the best thing about those socks right now is like the last thing you want is to put on the big thick white socks when you're just trying to get in and out of the house because let's face it, we're all trying to stay inside as much as possible. So. Uh, like I really miss flip-flop weather and it's just so easy to have flip, but like if you have the dead Soxies, they're, they're so, you know, kind of comfortable and you barely even notice you have them on. Uh, but it just makes your life a little bit better. I mean, when you have to go outside, so, uh, go check them out at deadsoxy.com. Use that promo code boomer for 20% off. Uh, also you can check out those, uh, special collections they have on sale right now, uh, where you can get every single, uh, OU sock. Uh, that they sell for a uh, hundred and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm 125 bucks, 124.95. Get all eight pairs, or you can split it up into the four packs for 65 bucks. Uh, Deadsoxy.com promo code Boomer for 20 percent off, uh, and we appreciate them being a sponsor. So uh, back to business. Uh, recruiting weekend Let's over, junior weekend coming. Start with the, uh, or I guess. Pick back up with uh, maybe the biggest news of the week so far outside of the Jackson Arnold stuff. Uh, I guess the recommitment or reaffirming reaffirming (laughs) his commitment to Oklahoma and Gentry Williams. And just, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to be moving on. But I think that there was a little bit of concern that, okay, why didn't he sign in December if he wanted to go to Oklahoma? And, you know, sure enough, he was able to take that visit and. Uh, Bob, I, you talked to him yesterday. Just where was everything at with Gentry Williams? Yeah, I think that's just a great indication that Jay Valai hit it out of the park with him. And I think, I mean, that was sort of the deal, right? You didn't have a corners backs coach when you went into the early signing period, so it made sense. You lost, you might have lost Bryce because of it, and Gentry held off, and now you were able to hire Valai. You can get Gentry back to campus, and it sounds like. Everything went really, really well. I, I was incredibly brief with Gentry, just a couple text messages. Just We all saw the tweets. I just wanted him to say it and confirm it, and he did. He said, you know, I'm firm, I'm all, I'm all in, ready to get to work, and let's go ahead and win this national championship, bring it back to Norman. I mean, do you feel like that says it all? I'm, I'm, I'm still concerned, Bob. Yeah. A lot, a lot, of, wor- a lot of worry with Gentry. He just never said it. Why won't he say it? <laughs> the the whole, thing. like, go ahead. Oh, well, just... he, he had the tweets of let's get to work and town business. Like, it all, we all could read between the lines, but it was nice just to have Gentry say it so that there's no room for, oh, well, maybe he was trying to imply this. No, he's locked in. He's telling the other staffs at other schools that he's done. Don't worry about it. Just let's just find out his signing time Wednesday, and it'll be all official. It kind of seemed like they sold him on the idea of coming down with the other two fellow Tulsa guys. And you know, I, Josh, I mentioned to you, and I think the war room, just as far as 
that's kind of a big win for Oklahoma to be able to go up into Tulsa in a place that they haven't had a whole lot of success. And especially for this new staff to go get the three that they did in that defensive secondary, it seems like, I don't know, is it a, is it too early to say that's a turning point for Oklahoma? But I, in past years, I could have seen them not doing as well and being able to close this out with a Gentry Williams. Oh, I mean, you know, you go in and land, and I, I believe all three ended up as four stars. I know, obviously, Robert Spears Jennings and Gentry are in the 250. But, yeah, Roe Ro had gotten a four-star rating as well. Three four-star defensive backs from Tulsa, that that's pretty solid. Um, and I, I have to take a moment to share. I was talking to somebody who was around Roe this weekend. I was just kind of like, you know, what would you think? What would you see? And the comparison that was made is a comparison I've never heard in my life. Called him a baby dinosaur. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. It's definitely not a baby giraffe, which is problematic. Um, but that is like... It's not for, like a reverse Benjamin Button kind of thing. Where like, Yes. Uh, Jaden Rowe is just... I mean, you know, and you, you've heard all the stories already about Jaron Kanak and how he's testing... Guys, we've talked about on this pod several times. Those two guys, I don't care what class you put them in. You put them in Alabama's class. You put them in Georgia's class. They are freaks of nature. They I are not no normally talented people. That Kanak was that physically imposing. I just yeah. I saw that photo of him with his yep. shirt off, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "Holy lord, who is that?" I mean, like context. Nah, I don't care. Um, I'm not afraid of my sexuality. Um, boy, I'm cutting that out of the pod. Oh, look, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. This is, I am hmm. afraid of what I just said though. Uh, no, the pictures of him working out. No, uh, the pictures of him working out like with his shirt off. This is, I mean, look, this is what we talk about. It's recruiting. Uh, like I was just shocked. Like it was just like, I, his arms were massive. His thighs were massive. It was just like, I didn't know that that was what Jaron Kanak looked like. Greg Swain's son would not be able to say that. <sighs> we, Eddie, I don't know if you missed it earlier in the pod. We don't have a lawyer right now, right? <laughs> we are without protection. <laughs> uh, you know, in the words of one of our former one of our former rivals employees, we would call him a flesh bomb. That 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 was uh, what he would refer to as those sort of guys. Yeah, I remember. Very that. uncomfortable. Have, yeah. Very I uncomfortable. Have, uh, been a long time yeah long long time yep so uh yeah so everybody's got that out there in their vernacular now nothing um, nothing was more uncomfortable than remember the thing that robert allen had out there about some female reporter when a player took his shirt off like a year ago and like people wanted to cancel him but it's like you can't really cancel robert allen because he's not big enough to cancel he's just like that was chuba wasn't it yeah was it chuba chuba Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, I know the regular and like national people were like, how can this be? I was like, he's just a small town guy that nobody really pays attention to except, you know, the really hardcore fan base. Like you can't really cancel a guy like that. Yeah. Like you can't cancel James Hale, even though he deserves it sometimes with some of his press conference stuff about. Gary, we don't have a lawyer. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you forgot what you said two minutes ago. I mean, you know, it's like you get these old dudes that are like saying these really weird things sometimes, and it's just Borderline like that's way worse than what yes. we just said about 
Ganak. All right. Sure. Sure. I, have, they, I told you guys thing, this story before. Like when I used to work at Sooners Illustrated, that was my first job out of college, and they had these archives of all the uh, magazine covers that they used to have. It used to be a thing where you would tell players to take their shirts off and do a cover photo shoot. Like, in the 80s, there were just cover after cover of two guys standing next to each other with no shirts on. It's the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. I, I, I feel weird when I'm at, like, a camp or an event and I'm, like, going to take a mugshot of a guy and he doesn't have a shirt on. Like, it's, it's weird. <laughs> like, it's fine. I take the it picture. Is. But, like, it feels awkward when I do it. Like, it, it, it's something that has always stuck with me. I did want to say, okay, the two gentlemen we've mentioned already uh, as asking some uncomfortable questions and saying uncomfortable things, they come from an era where they were trying to not do those things. Like, you know, like, or not, not, obviously, everyone's trying to not do those things. But, like, trying to present a very professional image, even if, you know, it wasn't always reached. What is Eddie going to say when he's old? Because <laughs> Eddie has never concerned himself with, like, I've got to have an upstanding image in the public oh, life. God. I think what you're Boy, saying is how much longer is Eddie going to be able to work for us? Well, and I, I think that it should be noted here that the first time that I came and interviewed with Josh for a position with Center Scoop, he asked me to take my shirt off. So... I kind of think that it's a little bit interesting that he's saying that it makes him so uncomfortable to take pictures with people and their shirts off when the first thing that I had to do was take my shirts and my pants off. Uh, well, if Eddie remembers the time I came to see the whole Putnam City North crew back when he was you know, still on the roster, I, you know, he, Sam, I mean, I made sure everybody had their shirt off. I mean, that, that was that's part of the you know, early 2000s uh, shooting technique of Soonerscoop.com. To be That's fair, you were to be fair, you were charming fat back then though, Eddie. You know. Yeah, now I'm just fat. Now you're just gross fat, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I believe. Like, you know, you passed the Chris Farley fat and now you're just like don't let him take his shirt off fat. Like I am. Believe me, I'm not trying to take my shirt off anytime. That's why I don't even swim anymore. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and nothing, See, that's mostly hey. because I don't like getting wet. <laughs> I don't like the drying off process. Be glad you have no thing. children that you have to claim, Eddie. You know, I don't get to be like, kids, I'm going to stay out of the pool. They're like, Dad, get in here. Okay, I'm going to take my shirt off now. This is going to be a lot of fun. There are Feel a lot really of about shows it. that we have where it's swimming lessons to Pat Forty. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of shows that we have where, like, you know what? We really went off the rails, and that was a great show. This is, this is not that <laughs> this show. This isn't one of them. No. <laughs> This is just off the rails. Yeah, the there's been not nothing great happen. coming Very out. Very awkward Blank, at times. Mainly my Get doing, it. but, you know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, where did we... How did the hell did we yeah, get Jared Kanak and his physicality and the guys yes. coming in and all that. Yeah, I can remember that. Guy part. without his shirt off. Kerry took us off the tracks. I got it. Yep, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> what, what I was saying, though... Uh, uh, Sorry, I was trying to get back to where how we got to connect. But yeah, I mean, Roe and Kanak are just crazy athletic. Robert Spears Jennings, again, shocked me with how well he did against some of the faster guys in, um, in Florida at Under Armour. So, I mean, for Oklahoma to have that kind of DB class, obviously Robert's already on campus going through workouts. 
Uh, Jaden and Gentry will get there in June. So, I mean, there is, um, you know, like we talked about, there is some difference in what they're recruiting and how they're recruiting, but you have to give the previous staff some credit. They had found some people that can help and Roe and Gentry and Robert. I mean, they, they identified some good players that bring some physical skills and then, you know, to just have a, uh, a cherry kind of fall in your lap with, uh, with, oh God, I don't like the way that was going at all with Jaron Kanak. That was going to be weird. All the, <laughs> conversation considered before it just to have a guy like jaron kanak um end up in your class definitely not fall in your lap um it is uh it's it's a huge win i I think there's some real i was gonna like cherry on top and then then cherry in the lap and it was i I mixed everything and it just got real weird real fast so i backed away that's all right eddie's made up Um, made it on to uh big shout out to toby Rowland for uh using eddie's word last week on his uh basketball broadcast did he get it in yes yeah we've heard amazing i i didn't hear it but overemphasated was the word yeah that that should be a fixture going forward toby um maybe we could just like eddie create like a word of the week and see if toby can put it in a broadcast could you do you think you could do that on purpose though eddie does it have to be organic I think it has to be organic, but oh, if yeah. we're going to do it tonight in the West Virginia broadcast, he should throw in methamphetamine. <laughs> <laughs> something, something tells me that one's not going to hit quite right for Toby. <laughs> Lord. Sorry, Toby. It was fun while it lasted. I don't think we have to go back to Morgantown. So actually, we probably will next year. So I guess the joke's on me. I've always liked Morgantown. Yep, they're going to hear this. This, this is going to be Eddie and I have I almost died in Morgantown. So you know. literally, that was a big bread, big dairy incident. <laughs> drove off the side of the mountain. I feel it's like it's always, the weather's always just been awful out there. I think that might have been the last time it was just you and I on the road together. Was that 2016 is when that was. That was 16? Mm-hmm. Because you told us all in the press box that we all hurried up to get done because we were like, oh, man, it's just going to get worse. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was bad out, too. It yeah. Was, that, it, that, it snowed hard that night. Yep. And then you don't realize that basically that stadium is on top of a mountain until you oh, have I mean, to drive down. Anybody that has seen the There's videos from Morgantown, Morgantown is built basically – I mean, it is a mountain town. Yeah. I think it's really cool. No, it I is. I like Morgantown. Just not when, the, not when the streets are covered in snow. And your car goes careening out of control. Eh, it's kind of special. Yeah, why is it that it's OU always seems to be there in November? Big well, I mean, the, the, at least the Big 12 is because it used to be that West Virginia was one of the best teams, and they just knew that that was a really good game to schedule late in the year. Yeah. But West Virginia's kind of fallen. So they haven't had that game scheduled. I mean, anyway. All right, uh, Josh, I'm sorry to do this to you, and I don't know how much you even want to cover it, Bob, because this has been brutal to just watch basketball games right now. It's a it's a struggle, man. I mean, you should get hazard pay. I shouldn't be saying that, but uh, it, it, it literally is me at home just saying, please get over. Please get I don't care if OU wins or lose loses i'm just tired of watching this it's been that badly they're just not 
they're not getting the production that when you brought these guys in, you're like, if that this guy does that and that guy does this, they're going to be okay. They're not getting that right now. Specifically, that's Tanner Groves. I thought he would be the star of the team. He is that he is not that guy. I don't know if he's mentally has the makeup to be that guy either. Because when you hear Porter Moser talk about who he wants in the clutch, and he mentions Elijah Harkless, who of course has done it, UCF, Butler, Kansas State. He mentions Jordan Goldwire, Amo Gibson. Tanner doesn't even pop up, and so I don't know how that is going to resonate. If Tanner looks like he should be your best player but if if he can't be involved in crunch time and if he can't get a shot in the first half like he did against Baylor you're gonna have some real issues so there's a whole bunch to work on but we know it all start turnovers seven in the first four minutes against the Bears and it is consuming Porter mode there's no other way to say we ask a nice light-hearted friendly question because it's right when the Bears had hired their general manager yesterday so we're asking Porter about the Bears' head coaching search. And he's like, I would, but I'm so concerned about our turnovers. Like, he's just got this tunnel vision right now. He wow. doesn't understand all the experience he has on the court, why they can't take care of the ball. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I they are a great staff from Lee Benson, Channel 9. They're 319th in the country right now in turnovers. And they're God. playing a team tonight that ranks top 20 in forced turnovers and turnovers per game. In West, in West Virginia. I mean, it, it's a massive problem. And I think that you look back at last week and, you know, whether it be the midweek game against Kansas or the, uh, you know, the disaster on Saturday against Baylor when you turn the ball over 25 times, it didn't feel like in the Kansas game they just played poorly. You get beat no. by a shot at the very end, Christian Braun or Brown or whatever. It's like, okay, you can live with that. Saturday was just awful. I mean, you turn the ball over 25 times, you can't – there's not going to be very many teams in the country – that you can beat, and unfortunately for Oklahoma, you're now in a situation where you've lost four in a row, and you're playing <laughs> at during the six game very yeah, quickly. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this road game of the season, and then the number one team in the country in Auburn on Saturday. Let me ask you this, Bob, uh, because everyone loves the intensity of Porter Moser, but do you you almost get the impression, and I I feel this through my television, like the team doesn't really, you know, hit Porter Moser's intensity. It's almost like it's channeled through the team, not as intensity, but as panic. Because every time Sometimes. they're going up yeah. and down the floor and the game speeds up, it's just like everyone is trying too hard and making decisions without thinking about them. And it's it almost just feels like when they have a fast break, it's like a panic break. And the there's ball just of, goes everywhere. There's a lot of pressing going with it, for sure. There's, It's just like they're not making the simple play, and that's something Mosier keeps stressing. He also keeps stressing, stop driving one on three and then getting trapped and yeah. then making a bad pass. Make the pass before you get into the one on three situation. And it's... Because they it's, don't it's have any finishers I, other than Harkless. Like, no, he's the only really guy don't. that can drive that can drive into a double team and possibly make a bucket. Like and, and Goldwire can do it if, like, someone if he's driving into a double team and someone gets you know screened off or something, fine. But yeah, I mean, they just got to take care of the basketball. Oh yeah, I mean they lead the, they they're top 
10 right now in the country in field goal percentage per game, but it's all the other possessions that they don't get a shot up. It's because they turned over the damn ball. Like, I, I remember tweeting, what, it was 21-17 OU over Baylor going into the under four timeout. And Baylor had 34 shots and OU had 19. Yeah. 15 more shots. That OU was ahead, but they allowed 15 more shots. And, the, I mean, that's that's been the story. They they Their two-point percentage is off the charts. It's incredible. They can't shoot the three. That's been a big issue during this four this four True. game stretch as well. The inability to hit any threes and any timely threes when you really need them, but it's, they don't put up the shot attempts because they can't take care of the ball. Now they get C.J. Nolan back tonight. Ethan Shagwaugh still out, and and that might be. I mean, it's weird to say that a bench player might have might be a key to a lot, but Shagwaugh ran the offense really well. Something Moser has brought up routinely there in the last couple of weeks. It wasn't the scoring or the rebounds, the the flow of the offense. He always had like two or three assists. And when you don't when you only play like 15, 20 minutes, that's not that bad. And what you're you're missing that because A for AK it's just, hey, if he catches it and he can get a put back, he can get some rebounds, that's gonna be good enough. But the flow of the offense is a lot different because Shagwa's been out the last two weeks. Did you guys catch that stat graphic that uh, ESPN put up during the Texas TCU game last night of the top nine remaining toughest schedules in the country in college basketball? No, I didn't see it, but I assume mm-hmm. Oklahoma was way up high. One's Texas, two's Kansas, three's TCU, four's OU, five's Texas Tech, six West Virginia, seven Baylor, <laughs> eight's Kansas State, and nine is Oklahoma State. Wow. So I mean it like it it, it wasn't just a Big night. 12, it was a nationally it was a national toughest schedule. It says NCAA top 9 and it's all nine Big 12 teams. Jesus. And that's why like you go into tonight and if you can I guess technically steal a game in Morgantown, boom, that's a quad one win on the road. Yep. Like every opportunity that you have or every time that you go out on the floor now, you have an opportunity for a quad one win as things stand in the Big 12. I mean, if if Oklahoma State didn't get screwed by the NCAA, the Big 12 should get 10 teams into the NCAA tournament. If Big 10 can get 13 teams in or whatever, and the Big East can get 11 teams in, the Big 12 should get every team in. And and that's and you've got to get this one because I I think you get into this pattern saying, well, they're on the road, they shouldn't win this, but we've seen it enough in the first four weeks, like Kansas State winning at Texas, TCU winning at Iowa State. Like, there's enough examples of these games where OU should be one of them, too, where it's, oh, they went to Morgantown, they got that win, that they, like... Yeah, because right now all it is is they went to TCU and they lost. enough where these teams are on the road, weren't supposed to win, and pulled it out. That has to be OU tonight. And if you're listening on Thursday, we might sound like idiots because who knows what kind of performance we're going to see. I told you this morning, I think... Tanner Gross goes for 50, and I think OU wins. And you guys are off the bandwagon. I'm kicking you guys off the bandwagon. You've sentenced them to the NIT. I think this team still wins a game in the NCAA tournament. Who's you guys? You. <laughs> what did I say? I didn't. Look. You said you wanted to be done watching them. Oh, well, I mean, the way they're playing right now, sure. <laughs> But if they stop going, turning it over and make some going, shots. You're headed to the CBI with them. I don't know who's going, but you're going with them. The The record's going to be funny because if they lose tonight and they lose Auburn, they'd be 12-9, and nine, and you'd only what probably feel like two of the games 
of like two of their recent losses, maybe they shouldn't have lost. But they, I mean, eventually you can't be the hard luck loser. You're just going to have to find a way to finish these things. And sure. that's the problem when it's only Harkless at this moment who can step up on a consistent basis. Consistent is huge because that's, there's just none of that to be found. You don't, game to game, you don't know who's going to bring it. Besides, you think Harkless wants the moment. And sometimes that's half the battle, just wanting to be the guy because he gets put in a lot of tough stretches where he just, Pass the ball like five on the shot. It's like, all right, he's got to shoot. And his field goal percentage is terrible, but that's a position that he's been put in time and time again. Is it unfair to, I guess, expect more from Mo Gibson? Is it just no. like, is what it is? No, he's got to be better. Because he, he transferred to OU to be a point guard. And now it's almost like he's there's times he's scared to dribble. Yeah. He just wants to be a spot-up shooter. He can, when he is effective of, like, dribbling in and out of the lane and dishing, you know, passing and sometimes uh, finishing at the rim, That that's another element to this offense. Because then when he's you know, takes a, a three, maybe he might have more space and he might actually be able to get that shot in a nice open area instead of guys closing in on him and then him not really knowing how he should react after that. I always... He doesn't have to be a three-point shooter only, and I feel sometimes when he gets mentally or physically tired, that's what he falls back on. All right, Josh, you survived. You survived Hoopstock. I guarantee he left. I just want it to be known that I haven't given up on the team, Eddie. Uh, I'm I'm still with him as ever. <laughs> Thank God or somebody. <laughs> so because the, Josh uh, just won't say anything about hoops, he gets to be on the bandwagon. How about the Woo! Kansas State girl scoring 61 I know, against I know. OU? Wow. God, 61? If you didn't, by the way, if if you heard that and then you had to ask yourself, I wonder who won that game, just don't. All right? I think that's fair. But they have like 94 points. So she had like 61 and 94 or something like that. I'll be honest. I couldn't even tell you. I know <laughs> that they got beat by a lot. I mean... Bransky's doing a good job. Oh, she's been incredible. They got Bedlam tonight. Because I know there's a lot of people that are going to try to go back and forth between Zoom with women, Bedlam, and then men's at Morgantown. Um, it'd be curious to that see how it televised. works out. By the way, uh, I know we have um, quite a few OSU fans that listen. Uh we certainly would like to send, you know, our thoughts out to uh, the Oklahoma State athletic community. I mean, the the wreck that the the Ferrari kid had. God, I mean, unbelievable! Did you see the car? Yeah, he's lucky to be alive, and for Casey Dunn to be driving by at that moment. I know, and and the fact that nobody died, even the person that he hit, is absolutely unreal. I think I am going to start. I tweeted it earlier this morning. I think I am going to – did you see his double watch, carry Ferrari? No. Oh, man. He goes double watch. Very high-level drip. I think I might start doing it. They call that well. the Schwarzenegger. That's the Schwarzenegger? Yeah, because Schwarzenegger wears two watches all the time. I DM'd you a picture. He, he One of the golfers, Eugenio Shikara, sent it out. It's – I mean, what a look. I'm a big fan of the Ferraris. He's got a. He's got a, a. He's got like a. I want to be invited to Payne County for a Italian 
dinner with them. Well, those those are some vibes. <laughs> I mean, that just unbelievable drip. That was scary though, because when you initially see that, it's like, holy shit, this is not good. Yeah, and that was scary when you heard the story, but hadn't really had a lot of sure. details, and you hear that Casey Dunn was pulling people out of the cars while they were on fire. I mean, it's crazy, man. Just insane. What, what, what do you guys make of the uh, hire that they made with Derek Mason? Derek Mason. That's, that's kind of unbelievable that they were able to get him from Auburn. It's a big hire, yeah. I mean, I guess Harson and, and Mason weren't getting along all that well. Brandon Marcello, uh, I think national writer from 24-7, had kind of insinuated that Derek Mason was looking for other places because of the direction of the pro. I don't know. It seems like Brian Harson might be the worst person of all time. Well, I mean, they just had Gus Mails on there, so, I mean. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, wasn't there also a, some rumors about an offensive hire for Gundy that was kind of big? that was kind of a big name? That was out there floating around. I mean, the, I mean that to make that hire, and if he makes one more big hire, I mean that. I, look, I Casey Dunn did a nice job, but I think you know he's not Todd Munkin. I mean, he's not he's not even Mike Yersich. I don't think. I mean, I think he could do a little bit better. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not it's the OSU show, I know. Sorry. They lose Shane Owingworth. I guess that's another option that uh, Bitch Boy out west. There you go. If they needed a Lincoln quarterback. Lincoln Riley, Shane Illingworth. That's your next quarterback. I did. I do think that Illingworth can play. Yep. Like, he can't I, move, I, though. He has a I mean, of an arm. he's got a great arm, but he is a statue. Yeah. And right. I don't think Lincoln wants that. Wasn't that kind of the that. word up in Stillwater that. There were some people that wanted him to play in front of Spencer Sanders, but not behind that offensive line because he can't move. Right, yeah. No, I think, I mean, Spencer Sanders entrenched himself after that bowl game. Sure. I mean, that's why he's transferring, so. I mean, does he have, somebody was telling me the other day that Spencer Sanders could play two more years if he uses his COVID year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Those, He's been up there for seven already. Those twenty eighteen kids will have. Well, if he could, yeah. if he could just would OSU fans want that? No, not after the way he played this year. Not consistently until he can, unless he can find consistency, he'll probably be there for two more years. That's amazing to me. But if he could put together nine or ten games like the the bowl game, you think he'd be out of there? Yeah. Well, I and. If everything goes as planned, I would imagine they would want him to probably move on, depending on what is coming in and out. And, you know, here's what's going to be interesting, guys, just kind of looking ahead, is, you know, you have signing day coming up, spring football. But at some point, we're going to get back into the Big 12 SEC discussions and when that might happen. And especially with BYU and Cincinnati and everybody else, you know, coming in. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's already been some talk about the division splitting up, seven-team divisions. But at some point, some I, I just get the feeling that some there's going to be some movement with OU in Texas. And, and we're probably going to spend the entire summer hearing this and that about when this might be a possibility of the move happening. But again, if you're OU, I don't think it's such a bad thing 
to be stuck in the Big 12 for a couple more years until Jerry Schmidt does his work with the football program. There, it, there is a sense of, okay, the move's going to happen. Now you need to kind of almost build your, build your program to be ready to make that move, if you will. Like, well, let's face from it. A after physical standpoint with players, but support staff, everything yeah. that goes into the program. Well, let's face it. After everybody watched that national championship game, I think every single program in the country was like, "Yep, we're not there yet." Mm-hmm. I mean, Georgia and Alabama look like they played in a completely different league than the NCAA. Especially what they after what they did to Michigan and Cincinnati. Yes, no kidding. Like with the with the knowledge of what how just I don't know futile Cincinnati's effort was offensively, and you knew that they were a pretty good offensive team, and that Ritter was a good quarterback. Like. Yeah, those teams are just way better than everybody else. Well, and and Georgia, far far from explosive offensively, walked through what was a pretty good Michigan defense. Like yes. they they that was that was what shocked. I thought that game would be like twenty one seven or something. Like I I didn't think Georgia was just going to go in and slap them around offensively the way they did. So yeah, I mean I don't think it's such a bad thing if Oklahoma has to stay in the Big Twelve for a couple more years. Although, you know, you, you got to put up be more than one. I, uh, I bet it'll uh, be if like I had to put money on it, good. if I had to put money, I would say a year. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I don't know that anybody's going to just even Texas. I mean, they're they're trying to build themselves. I mean, they're I will just say I think it depends on how Oklahoma and Texas do this year. To, you know, if Texas somehow came out, because you know Texas, if they somehow came out and played for the Big 12 championship next year, they'd, you know, thump their chest out and say, okay, we're ready for the SEC now. Uh, they might, Bama just, they might just go professional. They might go to the NFL if that happens. Yeah, some would want to. But I, no, I'd, I'd I say think... one more year. For sure. With with the offseason Texas has had, they're already convinced they're ready for the SEC. <laughs> Quinn Ewers doesn't have to do anything. It's just, oh, yeah, now, now it's all sorted out. I mean, what, there was a post. We saw somebody brought it. To, I think Mr. I think Beaver brought it over to the board. It was about um, basically Texas was an offensive line away from being ready for a national championship. Which they now have. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Because uh, everybody knows uh, freshmen, highly recruited freshmen, make for great offensive lines and national championships. Yeah, and w- what of that? Did did somebody replace the entire Texas defense and I missed it? Like, that defense was bad last year. What are we talking about? They have Patterson, though. Yeah. I mean, the defenses he was putting together at TCU definitely make <laughs> me feel confident. That's the thing. Like, I don't get that. Like, and don't get me wrong. Gary Patterson's a guy I really, I mean, like, great, great coach. I love coach. Gary Patterson, by the way. I love him. But can we all agree he kind of lost his fastball? Like, it wasn't the same yeah. over the last four or five years. I mean, look, they have a lot of. Or was that message just falling on deaf ears? Yeah. Maybe a little possible. bit of both. Because they weren't evaluating and bringing in those, you know, those guys like you used to find, where they'd find some rando guy well, you know from what? East Texas. That you know was... what? What made Gary Patterson was his defensive line, and he didn't have that the mm-hmm. last few years. 
Like they always yep. had dudes. Like this year, Kansas State had all those guys. Like you were like, where'd that guy come from? That was at Kansas State. Iowa State had the best defensive lineman, Will McDonald. I mean, OU had really good defensive linemen. TCU and Texas, Texas Tech doesn't have like Baylor had a little bit, but not as much as they did under Rule. Um, Baylor was good because of their safeties, because of uh, oh, what's his name, number nine. Um, oh, uh, God, yep, kid. I, I know he's from he's from Stafford. Um, oh, Petrie, Petrie, Jim Petrie. Yeah, I mean that dude. They had some safeties that would come up yeah. and just knock the shit out of you. Baylor's had uh, those guys. Guys, for, it seems like the last twenty or ten years, just awesome yep. safeties that want to kill somebody. Yep. Remember Ahmad uh, Dixon that uh, Gary yeah. Patterson wanted to kill after that one game? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at it some more, but I think Kansas State's got a chance to be a really sneaky good team next year in the Big 12. Like, just uh, there's some pieces there that I – You They're talk about Deuce that, Vaughn and Adrian Martinez running some of that that zone with, stuff. Like with that, Colin Klein as their, co- as their coordinator. Yes. I mean, they're yes. going to – I mean – you're going to get games with six possessions against that offense next year. <laughs> it's just a weird Adrian game. Stand but I will say, I will say, Adrian Martinez, after seeing him against OU, much more impressed than I was at any other point of his career. Like, that dude is an athlete. I feel like everybody has that, that uh, like, definition of Adrian Martinez. And then I turn on a game the next week after seeing him, and he turns the ball over three times and makes like two of the most like boneheaded throws in the history of college football. Yeah, like, yeah I guess that's the Adrian Martinez everybody knows. Adrian Martinez is a rich man, Spencer Sanders. I mean, hmm. a rich, I don't get that. A rich man, Spencer Sanders? I'd take Adrian Martinez eight days a week over Spencer Sanders. Not Correct. as a thrower. I think he's more. I uh, I think it's probably a wash, and I think he's a better athlete. He's a much better. Um, he's a he's a better athlete. He's he's definitely a better runner than Spencer Sanders. More dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. he's more like a he's more Colin Klein than he is Spencer Sanders. Colin Klein was a terrible yeah. thrower, <laughs> but yeah. he would beat the he would you would beat the crap out of him, and he would beat the crap out of you through the course of a game. <sighs> Yeah, he was like I said. He he was just tough. I mean, like that. that when I think of him, like that's what's I remember it's when, weird to think I remember, of a guy like him being the quarterbacks coach. Eddie, you remember that scoop HD shot you had of of Colin Klein where Frank Alexander just steps on his chest after a yeah. play, and then he was like, "Oh, I didn't mean to do that." Yeah, <laughs> and they almost caused a brawl in the middle of the field. Like Colin, I think that was up in Manhattan. It wasn't was. It? Yeah, it was in like oh. Ronnie Lewis was the other defensive end in that game. Kerry, if I remember right, I think uh, Brent Venables is in the back of that video. That would be 2011, yeah. I think Venables like, yeah. comes running out. Yes, and you're right. Frank Alexander. You're right, you're right. He does. Because Tom Wart would have been the linebacker. Yeah, that was 2011. Yeah, that would have been the yep. year they mm-hmm. lost, or they went to Florida State and 17. won. Yep. Yeah, so... That was the, well. That that would have been the birth of the belldozer. That game would have been the very first belldozer, right? That's why we remember it. Future Super Bowl champion. <laughs> I 
If you would have told me that guy is going to have a 10-year NFL career at tight end, I mean, that's just crazy. And, I mean, I love it for Blake. It's awesome. He was always a great dude for me to deal with. But it's just amazing the longevity he's had. I think the real question is, has he met Jackson yet? Yeah, that's probably true, too. Let's hope not. Brittany, I mean, God. I want to cheer for the Chiefs, but then I have to see those two, and it's like, do I really want to cheer for the Chiefs? See, I always thought that she was getting dragged into the douchebag category because of him, but then when she starts spraying champagne on the crowd in 12-degree weather, I'm like, okay, she's a douchebag, too. For the divisional. It's not like they even won the championship. Yeah. Okay, I pay no attention to this kind of shit. Was she spraying it like... Was she, I assume yeah. she was in a no, box. she was in a box. So she's, she's in she's, a box. Uh-huh. She opens up the champagne and acts like she just won an F1 race. Uh, <laughs> and she st- starts spraying it all over the crowd below her. But none on herself? None on herself, no. Okay, that, yeah. yeah. See, like, if you're involved with it, cool. It was so Marie Antoinette. I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was ridiculous. that's not cool. That's not like if you if you take some fine whatever I wanted. And of course, Jackson's sitting there TikToking it. Just awful people. I just this this is how (laughs) out of that I am. Like, I just know they're annoying. I don't really know why. I I just I read everyone. They're like, hey, like unanimous. Like, there's so little the internet is unanimous about, but they are unanimous in their hate. Of of him, and then I guess her now. So bad, so foul. All right, uh, I think that's gonna do. Hey, it. Real, real quick yeah. before we get out of here, there's one thing that we haven't hit on: uh, the addition of Tyler Guyton, offensive line transfer. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it, I mean, it's just it's hard to know where he fits in. Right? So. Is that is that more of just a adding a body to add a body, or is that somebody that could actually contribute? Well, I mean, Not you lose twenty twenty two, but maybe lose, maybe twenty twenty three. You lose Hayes, you lose Robinson. I mean, you need some bodies. Need some linemen that can catch touchdowns. I can see Jeff Levy throwing Not that in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, you're talking about an athletic guy. I mean, there, there's there's reason to think down the road he can he can be of some help right. to you. But I mean, that's going to be the uh, really it, interesting thing is seeing. You know, with Schmitty spending an offseason with some of these offensive linemen like Anton Harrison, like, what's that going to do for that guy? Because obviously well, he's very talented, that, but he's got some deficiencies. Some of the stuff that Gabe and Teddy passed along was, like, holy shit concerning as far as just overall strength on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my God. It, well, and I was one of those. I, I wouldn't say that I defended Benny Wiley, but I guess I just couldn't allow myself to think that it was truly that easy in a way. But, I mean, what 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 were they doing? Because it sounds like nothing. I, my problem was always, you know, and, and I, I'm a big believer in, like, coaches don't just become stupid. And I know I said that, you know, what I said about Gary Patterson. But, like, there is a point when, like, you're just older and you're not as invested as you used to be. I didn't think Bill Bedenbo suddenly, like, in two years, forgot how to coach offensive linemen, like, or how to run right. the scheme they'd run since he got there. Something had changed, and those guys, 
they just couldn't physically do it. Like they they couldn't, you know, they weren't going to move bodies around it the way they it, needed like, to. Like it never made sense to me that Marquise Hayes was not more dominant as a player. Yes. Or dominant at all. I mean, he's just if you see Marquise Hayes in person, he's a massive human being. As big well, as is like more impressive than the majority of offensive linemen that have, I've ever seen up close at OU. Like it's just you don't understand it, but because he's not out there just, you know, just dominating people left and right, but he should have been. He he has that type of build. He just does. And you know what I hadn't thought of until this moment? You guys remember when Ramondre Stevenson came out and the the Patriots basically were like, "Do you this guy hasn't done anything?" Yeah. And it's yeah, like how bad his conditioning and strength and stuff was. I I'd totally forgotten about that until this moment. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it. It's just clear. Like, and I, I'm not gonna say like I was saying all along that, that Benny Wiley had to go. But about midway through last year, I started being like, "There's there's a pattern here." Like every year yeah. since Schmidt left, the offensive line's been a little bit worse and a little bit worse yeah. and a little bit Kinda worse. Like the entire team. And yeah, and there was no reason for it because there was. Last year there was experience, there was talent. I mean, the the 2017 group, which is you know Bill Bedenboe's best bunch, was not a bunch of high level recruits. wasn't a bunch of elite dudes. God, God, guys, look at Creed Humphrey and look how he looked over the last two years of his career. When you're like, he's pretty good, but he's not dominant in the way, you know, like when he when. In no, his you early yourself, career, people were talking about him like yeah. he was going to be a superstar. Yeah, like you were like, I know he's got it in him to be better than what I'm seeing. And now, you know, he just spent, you know, put together one of the best, you know, rookie offensive line years in the last decade. Yeah, there's... What an indictment. I mean, my God. To, to have that lineage of, you know, to start with Trent Williams and then Lane Johnson and then Orlando Brown, like... All those left tackles, and then it just stopped. And it's 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 like you wanted to kind of blame Bill Bedenboe on it, but let's face it, they just they were getting good. I mean, like Aaron Parks, he's a good example. Like, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Um, what's Simpson's first name? Uh, Daryl. Daryl Simpson. Like, just guys just disappear into the program. Like that's never happened before. It's either they washed out, uh, or they got really good, and they're guys that we know are superior athletes that just disappear over the last few years. And that's that's something that, and I'm saying disappeared on the roster. Like, people would disappear, they would transfer. But I don't remember a time in OU football history where so many offensive linemen that we knew were talented, Bray Walker, just disappear on the roster. And it's happened year after year. I think I'm more angry now I mean, than I've ever been. Like I just, it, how guys, does the, how does the head coach not realize that? Because yeah. he's never he's never this, he's never been in a program like this. Like Josh and I used to talk about this all the time. Like when Bob would bring in like a Bruce Kittle, it's like mm-hmm. he has no idea what he's look what he's supposed to be looking for. And I think that was the same with Lincoln in offensive line development, like. He wasn't part of that. Like, he saw a little bit of it when he first got here and was a coordinator, but Bob had seen it for 20 years. Like, he knew, you know, I remember Bob first got here, you had a guy like Stalker McDougal. Uh, and then, you know, you know, they develop a guy like Frank Romero. And, I mean, 
Mark Mangino was the offensive line coach. Then Kevin Wilson. I mean, Jamal Brown. Like, mm-hmm. he had years and years of seeing what it was like for a guy to develop to the level where he was an all-pro caliber player, a first-round draft pick. Lincoln never had that. So there was no voice in his head saying, you know, this isn't really going like it should. Brent will have nobody that. there to tell him different. Yeah. Well, or, you know, you couldn't tell him different. You think Bill Beatonbow sure. felt comfortable saying the way Benny Wiley is running our program is hurting our offensive line. I don't I mean, maybe we should ask Bill if he ever said that to him. I don't know that he would tell you, but I I just yeah, I mean, having Schmitty back, you don't have that problem anymore. Well, yeah, I know he, that we've rehashed it before, but I think it's it's fairly accurate to say that Bill was not happy with uh, not only the strength of the offensive line, but just the physicality standpoint of the offensive line uh, and tried to do things, and that message just never was received by the head coach. I don't think there is a bigger indictment of him on the current roster than Anton Harrison. Anton Harrison's a guy they clearly had big hopes for, wanted him to take that left tackle job, be the freaking guy, and just we're, we're going to build it around him, around Raim, let the experienced guys, you know, Murray, Robinson, Hayes, let, let it all come together. And Harrison looked like the same guy his sophomore year as he did his freshman year. That's what we're talking like, and that's what you're, Kerry's talking about. With like, there was never any understanding of there's an evolution. Like it doesn't. Marquis just Hayes never happened evolved. when they. Bec- there was yes. never any evolution with him. Mm-hmm. I, I agreed. Maybe other than other than backwards, other than switching positions, like going from guard to tackle, there really hasn't been an evolution with any player. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell you who's going to tell us when things have changed and how they because I know I talking to Gabe. He believes that Savion Bird is the most talented offensive lineman in the program right now. If he gets on the field and starts being a difference maker, then we'll know things have changed. Drop the mic, boom. Show up. No, I I don't I don't disagree. I mean, I know <laughs> talking to some various people, I mean, there are very, very high hopes for what Savion Bird could be. I mean, like he could be that. But Wanya Morris is also Wanya Morris is also yep. that guy that, like, yep. If if they're really developing guys, he can be a dude by the time he's done here. That's and, just an old guy's like head scratcher of what happened there last year. I want to take a deep dive on that. I think I think like, just the the stuff with Tennessee not releasing him, uh, you know, his academic issues, like. I just think he got started so late, it just it never could come together. I mean, guys, they're not going to have the numbers we're used to seeing on the offensive line. But, man, if you talk about if you could put Raim, Morris, Bird, Harrison, and then maybe like Aaron Parks or Marcus Alexander or maybe McCade Mattel, I mean, like, you're talking about four or five guys there that have legitimate NFL aspirations. Like, not just like, oh, cup of coffee. Like, those guys have NFL talent, and we're all very highly recruited dudes. Like, if you could make that work and get them ready to go, that offensive line can be good. Now, it's going to be fragile because you don't have a lot behind any of that. But 
that that is a extremely that's more talented than the 2017 bunch. Like now, do they become as good? I don't know. But the physical ability, the length, the talent, all the stuff that you would want to put in an offensive lineman, those guys have it in huge quantities. I just I I I I want to see that offense with Jeff Lebby. I just want to I think, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that offense and what they're about, and we kind of know what they're about. I mean, we've seen UCF, we've seen Baylor over the years with, you know, Art Bryles involved and Lebby calling plays and all that. And I mean, we know what he's about, but just being able to see an offense go out there and be successful, I think that's the final step in us just moving past T-Bow. Like seeing a quarterback go out there and play well, see running backs explode for big runs, explosive plays, just to know, like, okay, everything's going to be fine on that side. Because we, I think we all believe defensively they're going to be better. Sure. And, and Brent's going to have more dudes in here than we've seen in a long time. I mean, just almost have to be. Yeah. They have to be. Just, just have a couple. Uh, let's just start with a two deep at safety. How about that? And keep the best players on the field. I wonder what the, I mean, it's going to be telling what they do with Key Lawrence. They keep him at corner, they move him to safety. Maybe that decision's not made till spring or after spring. God, let it be safety. Please let it be safety. He's a hell of a corner, though. He is going to be like the most he is, but he can cover in a long time. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be the most fun covering a team. He can cover. In years and years, he sure. absolutely like. I'm not I saying love Key as a corner. corner. I love him as a, yeah. especially against bigger receivers. I mean, what he did against uh, what's his name from Tech? Um, I can't even pronounce it unless I'm looking at it. Oh, uh, Ekazama, Eric Ekazama, yeah. something like that. It's, yeah, it's as a comma. As a comma, that's what it yeah, is. It is. Yeah, eczema. Um, <laughs> Well, where the hell was Bob? Bob's usually our fixer yeah, on that Bob. sort of thing. But Bob's a, left us. He's probably got a pearl issue. I think Bob has yeah. left us. Bob left us. Damn it, Bob. Bob really did. Leave um, us. Bob's always so quiet. It's hard to know if he's there or if he's just tired of dealing with our bullshit. Um, Bob's on a tight schedule. A he, gets, he gets kept on yeah. a tight schedule. Yeah, Bob's got a lot of stuff going. Um, but no, w- with Lawrence, it's more about like. I, I like Graham at corner. I think Woody Washington's the best corner returning in the Big 12. You've got those. And then you bring in guys like Colden and, and Morrison and some of these other guys that can play some corner, that can do some different stuff. Then, I mean, like, at safety, you've just got big, wide-open holes back there. Like, who's your most talented guy? Let's get him on the field as much as humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I understand Key Lawrence is so intriguing as a safety. Mm-hmm. And you can still, I mean, like, it's not like it's safety in the Big 12. He's not going to be in coverage a lot. Right. Well, and then, you know, Billy Bowman getting his confidence back is going to be a big part of spring, too. Oh, sure. B- Bowman and Lawrence as the safeties don't don't tease me. That, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get excited. I'm not going to do it. Just not going to get emotionally invested about it. All right, uh, that was some uh, quality football talk. We haven't had that in a long time, it seems like. Um, yeah, we, we kind of football nerded out there a little we bit. We did. Um, we did strong. 
So, I apologize for some of the weirdness today. Some of our weirder weirdness, I think, ever on the show today. Uh, the U40 pre-sale uh, hats uh, still going. I'm going to need a couple more days. We had like 80-something people that I've got to get to. Uh, but we've already placed a second order. Uh, for those of you that have seen it on Twitter or whatever, we had them online for a little bit just to show. Uh, but... Uh, the the high crown visors went super fast. We've got those on back order. I even got some uh, a few black ones um, to test out as well. See how those go. But we'll be restocked here real soon, and we'll have them online. I would like to say by the end of the weekend, there won't be a whole lot to choose from. So if you see them online, we'll announce it, and you better go get them fast until this next round comes in. Those are going to go quickly. Uh, but it's it's nice to finally have that out there. We'll have more merch coming as well. So appreciate all the response and everybody that uh, took part. And sorry if you're not a subscriber to the Sooner Scoop. That's why you need to be because uh, pre-sale on special stuff like uh, merch, um, that'll be happening now that we've got Soonerscoopstore.com open up. Uh, first access to, to special merch and things like that. And another reason for you to subscribe uh, to the website. I know Josh likes hearing that. So... Uh, thank you to uh, Dead Soxy, by the way. They've got the pre-sale also on their retro Oklahoma sock. New thing uh, that they just came out with. Go check it out, deadsoxy.com. Uh, but thank you to Josh. Thank you to Eddie. Thank you to Bob. Uh, and I am Kerry Murdoch. And we'll see you next week back here for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.